Okay. Okay. Without further ado, let's learn. Okay, so first of all, the learning, a big yashukayach to Gadi for sponsoring the breakfast learning this morning. Should be a for him, for the whole kila, for the whole Yisrael, should see good things. Okay, so, uh, we, uh, I can't remember anymore the last time we uh, went back to Sefer Yeshua, but that's what Sunday morning is, we learn Sefer Yeshua, and we take breaks, you know, when it comes to Yom Tov season and so on, but let's go back to Sefer Yeshua. We're up to, officially, we're up to in Sefer Yeshua, Parag Yud. So let me uh, give you a little bit of background and a little bit of, um, you know, of a, you know, an abridged version of what this parak is about, and we'll be able to, uh, learn it together properly. I'll be to see this in avoiding. You'll see it's, uh, listen, the whole Sefer Yeshua, the whole Sefer Yeshua, you know, Chazal says such a thing, the Gemara says in Adorim, that if it wasn't for, for our shortcomings, then all we would need would be Chamishi Chomshetairo, be Chomish, and Sefer Yeshua. That's it. Chumash is because that's where, you know, that's Maisha, that's Taras Maisha, that's all of Tyre, it's all of mitzvahs. And Sefer Yeshua is about Eretz Yisrael. And that's all we would need. So that's what Sefer Yeshua is about. It's about the conquest of Eretz Yisrael and so on. So what's Perak Yud? So Perak Yud is, is building off of what happened in Perak Tess. Perak Tess was about the Maisa, the story about the people of Givon. Given was a particular city in Eretz Yisrael. The Jewish people already began the conquest. Yerichai and I the two of the major cities in Eretz Yisrael that were able to, uh, to conquer. And the city of Givine, and again, another inhabitants of the land, they became very nervous about what's going to be with them. So they made a whole trick. That was what Paraktes was about. They came and they pretended to be foreign, foreigners to, uh, to sort of convert and become part of Klal Yisrael. And they tricked Yishul Benun, they tricked Klal Yisrael in terms of, who they, of what, what their identity was. At the end of the day, the story. At the end of the day, the story is that they were accepted by Klal Yisrael. They became gerim to Klal Yisrael. They had a certain position in terms of helping Klal Yisrael in the war efforts and so on. But they were they they they, they converted. They became uh, they became uh, gerim to Klal Yisrael. That's the city of Givon. That was the that was basically what happened in Perak Tess. Comes Perak Yud, and Perak Yud says the following thing. It introduces us to the following story: is that that. You don't have this inside, but I'll just read it to you outside a little bit. The, again, the way, the way Eretz Yisrael worked at that time, there was not one central government for the entire country. It was all city-states. It was 30, 31 little mini-kingdoms. Every, every major city was its own malchus. And so, so Yerichai was one malchus, we conquered that. I was another kingdom, we conquered that. Givain was this other kingdom, and they converted to us. And now it says the Apostle like this, Adonit Tzedek was the king of Yerushalayim. The city of Yerushalayim was its own malchus also. So when Adonit Tzedek, the, the non-Jewish king of Yerushalayim at the time, when he hears that Yeshua Benun conquered Yerichai, and I, and even Givain now, uh, you know, sort of, um, you know, submitted to Klal Yisrael and so on, so... So the, the Adonit Tzedek, the king of Yerushalayim, sees this as like, this is going to be bad. It's, it's destroying the morale, the fact that Givoin converts to, to, to the Yidin and becomes part of Yeshua Benun's team. That's going to be terrible for morale. So what he decides to do, the king of Yerushalayim, is Vayishlach Adonit Tzedek Melech Yerushalayim. So he sends a message to Hoham Melech Chevroin and to Piram, the king of Yarmus, another city, and Yafia, the king of Lachish, and Devir, the king of Eglon. In other words, five, altogether, five major cities in Eretz Yisrael, major kingdoms in Eretz Yisrael. And the king of Yushalayim is organizing this, and he says, okay, we are going to go on an offensive and fight against Givon. 
Givine, they, 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 they're, they're uh, capitulating to the enemy. They're folding into Klai Yisrael's side. So, so a, a, you know, uh, what's it called? A force, Yerushalayim, uh, Hebron, all these other cities that come together, and they begin to, to march towards Givine to attack the city of Givine. Not the Jews, but the, the new, you know, the, these converts, the city of Givine that came to Yerushalayim. Meanwhile, says the Pasuk, the city of Givine sees what's coming. So they send a message to Yeshua Benun saying, listen, you know, we're now, you know, you have to come to our aid. You have to help us. So Yeshua Benun hears that. Kalei Yisrael hears that. And certainly they come to the aid of the city of Givine. Hashem says to Yeshua Benun, Hashem al Yeshua, al don't be afraid of these five, five nations, these five countries, these five cities. I've already given them into your hands. It's not going to be an issue at all. So the pasuk goes on that Yeshua Benun takes his uh, forces and he and he goes on the on the attack against again the 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 the, the, the kingdom of Yishalayim, Chevron, all those other five cities altogether. And the pasuk says that he that he destroys them, he wipes them out, and so on. And this is where the story takes a not a turn, Chas Hashem, but a, just an interesting aspect. It says in pasuk like this: Vayhi benusam mibnei Yisrael. When these five, when this uh, five countries, and they're fleeing from the Jewish people because Yeshua Benun is is defeating them in battle, so they're 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 running away in this place that's called Beis Chayrin, wherever the place was. So Pasuk describes that a miracle took place. Stones from heaven began to to be pelted down from heaven onto the enemies of the Jewish people. Ada Zeka, this happened. From the place of Chayrain to Azeka, whatever these two places were. And the Pasuk says more of our enemies were killed by these stones than actually by the actual battle that you should have been unwaged against them. So that's that's the first part of, of what happens. As they're running, so you know, nowadays, you know, even nowadays, but especially in those days, like once it came nighttime, like you're very limited with what you can do. As an individual, certainly as an army, you didn't have electricity and so on. So the problem, so it wasn't necessarily a problem. The enemy is running away; they're fleeing. They're being destroyed by these boulders that are coming from heaven. We'll see in a second what they were. And uh, meanwhile, the sun is setting, so it's like chaval. You know, we have the opportunity to destroy the enemy completely, and the sun is setting. So the pasuk says a little bit later on that. That that the sun was about to set and so on, and so Yeshua Benun gets up and he makes the following proclamation: Yeshua Benun stands up and he says in front of the Jewish people, he says he addresses the sun: Shemesh Begivain That the, the sun in this place of given, that's where they were. Daim should be silent. In other words, stop. And that's the great miracle that took place: is that the sun literally stopped. And the Gemara makes chesbonets and calculations of how many more hours were added to that day than what normally would be. The Gemara makes Cheshbainus even now, later generations with Chizkiyo, the sunset early. The Gemara makes Cheshbainus like this. But this is the great miracle of Shemesh, the Givain, Dayan, and uh, the sun and the moon, should, they should, it should sit still. And the sun became silent. In other words, it didn't, it didn't move, it didn't descend. And uh, that's what goes on. And they therefore had more time to defeat the enemy. And the Pasuk ends off, and this is really where, the, where, where at least this part of the story that we're going to be talking about ends. There was never such a day like this before or after. That Hashem and the, and the universe should listen to the sound, to the command of a human being. But Yeshua just says, stop. 
and the sun stops. There was such a thing before and after. Clearly, the Hashem was fighting for us. That's the that's the mice. Okay, so we're not going to be able to unpackage all of this. We can never unpackage uh, all of it anyway, but we're certainly not going to even try this morning. Just for a little bit, to open up a little bit of the sugya. So just a few puzzle pieces to fill in. These stones that descended from heaven. So again, the Pasuk describes them. Again, Hashem, it says in Pasuk, Hashem, Hishlechaleim Avonim Gedailas. Huge, great stones came from heaven to, the, to destroy the enemy. What are these stones? So there's a Gemara in Brachis, and Daf Nundalim, again, you don't have this, but Brachis, Daf Nundalim, the Gemara says over there, there's a Mishnah. It's the beginning of the last chapter in Brachis. The Mishnah says that that if a person is traveling and they get to a place where Nisim took place to the Jewish people, there's a special Bracha to make. There's a special bracha to make. Okay. And one of the examples, so that's what the Mishnah says. The Gemara then records a brisa giving a few examples of places like that. Like, uh, you know, if you go to the place where Kriyas Yamsuf happened, different, different locations where Nisim took place. The Gemara, the brisa brings down that one of the examples of a place of a nace is the place of the Avne Algibish. Avne Algibish. The, the stones of Algibish. If you go to that place, then that's a proper place where you can make a bracha. That's the brisa. Says the Gemara like this: My Avni Algevish. Well, what are these? What's Avni Algevish? So Tana. So the Gemara records that this is the explanation: Avonim Shaomdu Algav Ish, Vayardu Algav Ish. That this is referring to the place where stones that were halted, that were stopped because of a man, that were then also brought down because of a man. What, what does that mean? So the Gemara says, Omdul Gavish, there were certain stones that were stopped because of a man. What man are we talking about? Zemaisha, that's Maisha Rabbeinu. Maisha Anav Ma'id. What is this talking about? So go back to Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, right? We know that the seventh plague, what was the seventh Maka? Barad, hail, right? So the Pasuk describes in Sefer, in, in, in Parsh of Eira, that, the, that, uh, that it says in Pasuk that the Rabbani Shalom sent Eish Mislakachas Batecha Barad, hail, ice. And fire was within it, right? Everyone knows that Barden was, was ice and, and fire together, miraculously. And it came down and it destroyed, well, you know, the Mitzrim and so on. So it says in Pasuk over there that eventually when Pari says, Gnuk, you know, let, I'll let them go and so on. So Meisha Davins and the Makas ends. So it says in Pasuk, The sounds, the, the thunder and all the hail stopped. And the Bara didn't hit the ground. So Chazal says, what do you mean the bar didn't hit the ground? It stopped, so it stopped, and it didn't hit the ground. So Chazal say, even the, hail, even the bara that was on its way down, by, when Moshe Rabbeinu davened and it should stop, it stopped. In other words, there, there, in other words, there, were, there were some bara left. There was bara that, whatever this means, uh, was stuck somewhere, whatever it is, but Moshe Rabbeinu stopped it. So says the Gemara, those, those hailstones by Moshe Rabbeinu that Moshe stopped, Another man named Yeshua Benon brought them down, and these are the stones that were defeating our enemies. That again, the city of Yerushalayim, these these five cities that attacked the Jewish people, and they're running away. And the pasuk describes stones coming from heaven. That's the leftover bard of Moshe Rabbeinu. This is what the Gemara says. This is why that place is called Avne Al Gibish. Al Gibish is a is a condensed word of Al Gav Ish. Stones that were controlled by a person named Ish. The first Ish, Moshe Rabbeinu, stopping the stones, and the second person Ish. Descending the stones, that's the Yeshua Benon. That's the Gemara says in Brachas. So the Gemara, the Gemara quotes a Pasuk. Um, so it says in Pasuk, in, in Sefer Bamidbar, Kach Yeshua Benon, Ish Asher Ruach Bay. 
That's the Gemara. So they're both Meishas called Ish, and Yeshua's called Ish. It's Avnei Algevish. Okay. So that's one interesting Nakuda. The Gemara then, there's another Gemara in Mesechus of Aydizara that even says even more than that. The Gemara says this. So that was, the, that was the first miracle that took place over here, right? The first open miracle. The whole thing is, is miraculous that we're defeating our enemies like nothing, but, but it's, uh, the open miracle is of this Indian of Barad. Now, Bechal, uh, there's, there's a few Nakudas that we have to figure. We're not going to get to it today, but just a few things. First of all, Stam, this connection between Moshe and Yeshua. Right? Obviously, Yeshua been known as Moshe's Talmud, so you know, we understand. But the Davka here in this episode of, of defeating these five kings who are attacking the city of Givain, Davke, so we see Davke in this particular story a connection between Moshe and Yeshua, and specifically in this in of Barad. That Moshe begins the Barad, Yeshua Benun finishes the Barad, Avne Algebish. So we have to figure that out. What, what's, what's, the, what's going on over here? Bechla, again, why, why is it Davke now in this moment of when we're defeating these enemies that are attacking our, our, our allies of Givain, these converts, that now Davke is this inning of Barad? And specifically, Bara that unites Maisha and Yeshua Benun. That's one Indianese explanation. The other miracle that took place, as I mentioned, is Yeshua Benun standing up and he says, Shemesh begivain daim, the sun has to be silent, don't move anymore, and the sun stands still. And the Pasuk describes such a thing that there was never a day like this before or after. So there's a Gemara Navaid Zara. The Gemara says like this Tana, the Gemara quotes the Braisa. Kishem Sha'am Dalei Yeshua, another connection between Moshe and Yeshua. Says the Brisa, just as the sun stood still for Yeshua Benun in this story, Kach you should know that the sun also stood still for Moshe Rabbeinu. And uh, the Gemara quotes Psukim that in the Mulcham, in the war that, that Moshe waged, Sikhnaig and so on, the sun stood still. That's the Brisa. Ask the Gemara, Meisve, let's go Kash. It's a Pasuk in Chum, in, in Sefer Yeshua. We just read it. The Pasuk says, again, you don't have it inside, but the Pasuk says, after the whole story with the sun standing still, it says in Pasuk, There was never such a day before or after. So how can you tell me that such a miracle happened by Moshe Rabbeinu? The Pasuk says, that such a thing never happened before or after? So says the Gemara like this, Two, the Gemara says a couple answers. First of all, one suggestion could be, it could be what the Pasuk means is, is that the amount of time that the sun stood still for Yeshua Benun was unmatched. It stood still for Moshe, but not as long as it did with Yeshua. Okay, that's one possibility. And the Gemara gives another answer. The Chiddush is, is that not only did, the, when the Pasuk says that such a thing never took place, it means not just the sun standing still. The sun plus Barad, that connection never was, never, you know, never before, never after. Moshe had Barad. And then another point, he had the sun standing still. But then two together, that, that, never, that never happened. That's the Gemara. So an, a question you could ask in the Gemara is like this. I, I, the first answer of the Gemara that, again, when the Pasuk says that this miracle of the sun standing still, the Pasuk says never happened before. It's not unbelievable. Aye, it happened by Moshe. So says the Gemara, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't as long. So the miracle of the standing sun by Yeshua Benun was more intense because it was for more hours. I understand that answer. But what's the second Gemara, the, sec, the Gemara's second answer? No, no, no. What the Pasuk means is, is that this combination between the sun standing still and Barad happening, that never was, never will be. What's the what's the shaykhs between these two miracles? I mean, if you, if you take a sum total of Moshe's life, there's certainly more miracles by Moshe Rabbeinu than there was Yishuv Benun. So it's not what we're making making tzurufim, making shaduchim between miracles. Clearly, what the Gemara is trying to tell us is that there's a shaykhs between these two miracles. The end of the barred falling 
through Yishuv Benun, and the Indian of the sun standing, standing still are, are deeply connected to each other to the point of where they're almost seen as one big miracle. And we can say such a miracle that's called the sun standing still with Barah never happened before. If, we, if they're two independent miracles that happen to coincide on the same battlefield, it's difficult to say that, the, 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 you know, what's the, what's the link between them to say that such a thing never happened? Well, the, the sun standing still happened, then Barah happened also. So what, what, are you, what are you connecting the two? If, if the Gemara is connecting the two to say that such a thing never happened before, it means that, that it's one Indian. The sun standing still and Bara taking place at the same battle in the same way is not considered to be two separate miracles that happen to coincide. It's one Indian. So these are the questions we have to figure out. What's, what, again, what's this thing? Bara over here, Dafkin, this Misa, the connection between Moshe and Yeshua. And by the way, another interesting thing to think about, again, we're not going to get to all of this right now, but just things to think about. When the Pasuk, again, so we have these two episodes when hail fell, right? You have by Yitzitz and Sarim by the Makkas, that's Moshe Rabbeinu, and Yeshua Benon over here. The question is, it's interesting, the Pasuk describes them very differently. If it wasn't for Tarsh Balpeh, we have no idea what these stones were. In, in, in Parshas Ve'era, where it talks about uh, the, the, the hail, it describes it as hail. The word used over there is, as we know from the Makkas, is the Makkas Barad. That's, that's the word in Hebrew for hail, is Barad. And it says the hail is Eish Mislakachas Vatoicha Barad. There was fire in the hailstones. So it was, it was the word for, for ice that comes from heaven, the word in that Hebrew is Barad. The word that's used to, in, in Sefer Yeshua that, we, that, we, that I just read to you a couple minutes ago is stones. The words are Hashem Hishlech Alem Avanim Gedoyles Menashemayim, stones from heaven. As we don't know what that means. So you have to have the Gemara. The Gemara says, the tradition is, it means the same bar that was left over from Aisha, now finished with Yeshua Bunan. But why is it being called differently? If it's, if it's talking about the same Barad, then why not use the same description? Either both by Moshe and Yeshua, it should be, talked, it should be called Barad, or they should both be called stones, Avanim. But why is it that by Moshe Rabbeinu it's called Barad, and by Yeshua Bunan it's called Avanim, when they're both uh, saying the same thing? Okay. Okay, so... Those are all the questions, okay? So we're going we're gonna to work this through. Like I said, we're not going to be able to answer all of them. This morning, as Hashem, next week, we'll, uh, we'll be able to, uh, to finish it, uh, to complete a little bit of part of it. But let's, just, let's, let's talk about for, for a little bit this connection between Moshe and Yeshua, and specifically in association with Makas Barad. <clears throat> so what you have in front of you is a, uh, a piece from Rav Tzaddik, okay? So this is... Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a Gvaldig, it's, it's an old sefer. This is a Haggadah, Rabbeinu Tzadik HaKoyin of Lublin. So Rabbeinu Tzadik throughout all of the storm talks about, he talks about everything. So Pesach is a major theme as well. So years ago they put out this Haggadah from Rabbeinu Tzadik, sort of taking from all of his storm and putting it in, in the order of the Haggadah. So this is the section of the Eser Makis. So this is a piece where Tzadik talks about Barad. It's coming from Pre Tzadik, his sefer on Chumash and Parashas Bai. So we'll, uh, we'll see the piece together. So if you take a look, what you have in front of you, the third paragraph, the bigger paragraph, the Ho'inyan, you see that, the Ho'inyan? Okay, so I'll give you a little bit of a background to appreciate what he's, where he's coming from. Rav Tzaddik, throughout the, the Parshas of, of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, it's a major theme by Rav Tzaddik, is that, there's a, that the ten makas by Rav Tzaddik are not just, you know, to punish Mitzrayim or just to... You know, to show how, how amazing and powerful God is. Ratzadik always quotes a statement from Chazal. Chazal say, regarding the Makkas, that it was Nogof Mitzrayim, the Rafuli Yisrael. That every Makkah was both a punishment, a Nogof, a, a Magefa, a, 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 you know, a, a punishment, whatever it is, for the Egyptians, the Rafuli Yisrael, and it was a healing to the Jewish people. 
So what does that mean that it was a healing to the Jewish people? So Tzaddik always says this idea that every that the fact that there are ten makis, we also within ourselves for the human being and the neshama, there are ten different kaiches, there are ten different midas. So you have from from you know you have uh, top down you have chachma bina das that's your intellectual kaiches then you have your emotional kaiches chesed gvur teferes netzachayi said malchus the entirety of a person the entirety of the Jewish people broken down into ten different madregas ten different steps says Ratzavik when the Jewish people were in Mitzrayim not only were our bodies uh, enslaved our neshamas our meichin our midas everything was Mitzrayimdik and so part of Yitzchak Mitzrayim wasn't just to punish the Mitzrayim and to and to free the bodies of the Jewish people it was to heal the kaiches hanefesh, the powers of the neshama that were that were so uh, damaged by Golas, they had to be healed. Says Ratzadik, there are ten makis. Every single one of the makis was at the same corresponds to one of the particular kaiches of the neshama, and every makah that happened was nagav from Mitzrayim. It was a punishment for the Egyptians, but it was rough for the Israel. It was a healing for the Jewish neshama. That's the aside that Ratzadik always uses to explain the makis. Now. How do you break down the ten makis versus the ten parts of the neshama? So Ratzadik, there's a little bit of different ways to say it, but the, the, most places where Ratzadik talks about it, he says that the makis worked bottom up, bottom up. So in other words, the first maka, dam, would correspond to the lowest of our spiritual kaiches called malchus. Tzvardei would be yisoyed, kinim would be hoid, and it's working its way up. So you're, we're building ourselves bottom up. Going in that way, the seventh maka corresponds to the midah of chesed, right? Because again, going, going from the bottom up, so it's malchus, yesoid, haid, netzach, teferes, gevura, chesed. Chesed, gevura, teferes, netzach, haid, yesoid, malchus, right? So it's just going the other way around. So the seventh maka corresponds to the seven, seventh midah, which is chesed, who is the merkava, who is the chariot of chesed, who is chesed? Zavram Avina, right? So the maka of barad, Sezer Tzaddik is going to be associated with Chesed and associated with Avram Avinu. That's the background for this piece. Okay, so let's see it together and we'll see from here why Davke in this Maka is there a connection being made between Moshe and Yeshua Benon, right? Remember, that's the, that's the first piece of the puzzle. Why is Moshe and Yeshua being bonded to each other, Davke, through this inning of Barad that fell by Moshe and continues to fall by Yeshua Benon? So again, to understand that, we have to identify what Barad is. Okay, so let's see what Ratzavik. So the concept of Makas Bard is as follows. Kumaisha Amarnu, I've said, Ratzavik says, I've said many times, Shaseder Hamakas, Hayuneged Eser Svirs Mitata Leila. That's what I just said, that the ten Makas correspond to the ten Koiches of the Nefesh, the ten Svirs, the ten Midas that a person has, bottom up. Bottom up. Umakas Barad, therefore, using that Cheshman, Barad corresponds, Hineged Midas Hachesed, Davram Avinu, Olvashal Merkavala. So Makas Barad corresponds to Chesed. Who is connected to Avram Avinu? Chesel Avram. Okay. Vayu Amakis. And Ritzavik says what we just said. Vayu Amakis. Nogo from Mitzrayim. And the Makis, therefore, were a punishment to the Egyptians for Rafali Yisrael. But at the same time, it healed the Jewish people and it brought out the, the Indian of Avram Avinu. So the Indian of Avram Avinu, what Avram Avinu begins to establish in the world, Avram Avinu, that Indian is being brought out. Dafka Bemakas Bard. Vaalkein. So what happened in the Jewish Neshamba B'makas Barad? So he says, What B'makas Barad is La'esh Mislatachas. It was, what's Makas Barad? Barad is, is, is ice, right? It's, it's, it's water, it's, it's, it's ice, with fire within it. With fire within it. Shemaram is L'divar Taira. Says Ratzavik, the Indian of Barad and its association with Avram Avinu. It's interesting, we, don't, we wouldn't usually think of it like this, but by Ratzavik, this is a big klal, that 
Avram Avinu really is the first person to introduce Torah into the world. The Gemara really says in Avodah Zarah, right, that, the, that there are 6,000 years of the world, right, the first 2,000 is Mamsh Chaos, nothing going on. That was Adam till Avram Avinu. And Avram Avinu begins the 2,000 years of Torah. So even though with Torah means Maisha, Tzar Sinai, but the really, really the origin, the beginning of that was Avram Avinu. The Ramam also, in the beginning of Hilchas Avodah Zarah, also establishes such an idea. The Ramam says over there that Maisha Abenu was just like sort of uh, intensifying the Amuna and the Torah and Yiddishkeit that Avram Avinu began to bring to the world. So Avram Avinu already means the, 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 the beginnings, the sprouting of Torah. And so he says like this, says Ratzadik there for the Makkah of Barad, again, Barad, which is the Indian of Avram Avinu, says Ratzadik Barad, it, 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 it represents or, or, or is bringing healing to the Jewish soul. What healing does Barad bring? It's reintroducing Torah to the Jewish soul. That was, that was the ending of Barad, to reintroduce Torah and the healing powers of Torah to the Jewish soul. What does Torah have to do with Avram Avinu? So I just said that the 2,000 years of Torah begin with Avram Avinu. And Avram Avinu was the first one that kept Torah and taught Torah. He had Sadiqim that kept Torah before Avram Avinu, but the word Torah, what does the word Torah mean? Torah means to teach. Torah means to, to spread light, right? So R is, R is light, and Torah means to spread the light. So the first person to really keep Torah in the sense of teaching Torah and spreading Torah is Avram Avinu. So Avram Avinu's whole Indian was really, was really Torah itself. Avram Avinu taught the Torah even before it was given. And this is the meaning of the water element of the Barad, with fire inside of it. We know that Torah, it's, ironically, is compared to two things, right? The Torah is compared to water, right? Where it says that just like water goes to always a low place, it's always looking for the lowest, lowest place to go to. Torah also goes to the lowest person, humility. So the, on the one hand, Torah is compared to water, which means that Torah is received by someone that's humble and meek and passive and willing to receive. But we also know, Eish das la, my Torah is compared to fire. Fire is passion and kayach and energy and a sense of purpose and mission. The Chiddush of Torah is both. That you can, that daf, Torah, a true Torah is contain, empowers, it's found within a person that's absolutely humble and thinks of himself as nothing. But in that nothingness, the person is filled with a passion and energy to do and to accomplish and to change the world. But not because of himself, and not for himself, because just that he's, he's just acting as a, as a shliach of the Rabbanu Shalom, like Avram Avinu. So Torah in its most, in its, in its like almost purest form, and it's just like energy form, is fire and water. That's what Torah is. It's, it's, it's ice, it's, it's water, so to speak, and there's fire in the, in the, in, in the middle of it. Two opposing forces. Yeah. So he's saying it's together. That's the Chiddush of Torah. That's the Chiddush of Elokos. In nature, they're, they're opposing to each other. But uh, in Yiddishkeit, Torah is compared to both. And it's because Torah results in both. It, Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu uh, changed the whole world, but not because of his ego. He's changing the world because he, uh, for the Rabbanishalm's sake. So there's, a, there's a, 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 an, um, uh, a, a, a humble person that's mamish taking charge of the situation. That's what Torah is. That's what Torah results in. Alderach Sha'amra. So Ratzadik now gives us an example. This is classic Ratzadik where he throws a million marmakant, you know, it's called Torah, it's all shas. Ratzadik says, I give an example of where we find that a true Tamil Chacham is someone that's not only humble, like I said, which is more associated with water, but also someone that's passionate, that's fiery, that, that, uh, 
that wants to fix things, that wants to go out there. So the Gemara says in Tainus, the Gemara says in Tainus, that a young Tamar Chacham, who's shtickle uh, fiery, you should know it's the Torah that's making him fiery. The Torah that's making him intense. That my words are like, uh, are like fire. That's the first Yisai. So says our Tzaddik, point number one, is that, again, Barad is associated with Avram, Avram Avinu brings Tyre into the world. Therefore, Barad represents this Indian of fire and water together, which is, which is what Tyre is. Tyre is contained in humble people, but it charges them with a sense of purpose, purpose and a sense of mission. Now, Rabbi takes it to the next step, step two. What aspect of Tyre is going to be the aspect of Tyre that that, 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 that is sort of uh, captures this dynamic of being humble but passionate and, and uh, motivated at the same time. Says Ratzadik, Visham Mairi Mitarish Balpeh. Specifically, Tarish Balpeh is going to be of this mindset. The gift of Tarish Balpeh, the oral Torah, is such where it's an amazing dynamic. Tarish Balpeh is a classic idea in Ratzadik's writings. We'll have, to, we'll have to go quickly with this, but Ratzadik writes in many places that Tarish Balpeh is an amazing thing. Tarsh Balpeh gives space for a person's own uh, uh, creativity and your own ingenuity. And, 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 uh, quite, and, and Rosalik even says that in order to, to be creative in Tarsh Balpeh, you have to feel empowered, right? You, you can't, you know, Tarsh Balpeh, what's the, what's the mindset of Tarsh Balpeh? Like, it's not my union. It's not mine. Like, it's just, like the Gemara says, a language by Tarsh Balpeh, Munachas Bekeren Zavis, it's sitting in the corner, and you just read what it says. You're not allowed to add a, a little crown to even a letter. Whatever it is, it is. Tarsh Balp, right, set. Tarsh Balpeh is completely open. It's open-ended. It's fluid. It's, it, it leaves room for growth and accomplishment. And Adaraba, in order to grow and to accomplish and to conquer, you have to feel empowered by that. You have to feel like there's room left for you. And, 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 and the Torah is waiting for you to harness it and to accomplish. But as we also know, in order to truly conquer and to accomplish in Yiddishkeit, in Tarash Balpeh, you have to be humble at the same time. You have to be able to receive, right? That's why everyone knows the famous Gemara that when Moshe Rabbeinu saw a vision of Rabbi Akiva, right? So Rabbi Akiva is giving his whole shir, and Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't chop what's going on until finally, then he feels bad about it, until finally Rabbi Akiva said, someone asked Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi, how do you know where is this all coming from? So he says, and then Moshe feels better. So what's the... So it's well known. The Swarim say that the, one of the ex- basic explanations is is that Moshe Rabbeinu is Tarshav Chsav primarily, and Tarshav Chsav is uh, you know it, it, it's passive, and he sees by Rabbi Kiv the fire, the passion, the chiddush, the explosiveness, the expansiveness. It's like, and, and Moshe Rabbeinu is like nervous that maybe this is coming from a place of like uh, selfishness or an ego. Until Rabbi Kiva says, no, it's all coming from Moshe Rabbeinu. So I know, says Rabbi Kiva, that I'm just receiving, and I'm nothing, and I'm water. But contained in that water is a fire. That's Tarsh Balpeh. That's Tarsh Balpeh. So he says like this, That's what the Gemara over there is talking about. The fiery Talmud Chacham is talking about someone that's involved in Tarsh Balpeh. And so on. Whenever we find, yeah, even when the Pasuk describes Tyre's fire, which is words, is always associated with Tyre's Balpeh. And so on. Um, okay, so he, 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 he continues on with this thing. You can see the rest of yourself. What we see from all of this is that what? Is that the Indian of Barad is 
Barad is, again, like, like I said, is, is a maka for the Mitzrayim, but it also brings healing to the Jewish people. And what, what, um, what, what, uh, what was healed, what was brought out by Nishmas Yisrael through the maka of Barad? The Indian of Tarsh Balpeh. This Indian of Tyra, the Indian of Tyra being both fire and water together, which is mostly pronounced in the world of Tarsh Balpeh. So this is the point of contact that we find between Moshe and Yeshua. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu gives us all of Tyre. But Moshe Rabbeinu, even though Moshe Rabbeinu gives us Tyre Shabbat and Tyre Shabbat but Tyre Shabbat the oral Tyre, is really, um, even though Moshe Rabbeinu gives it to us, Moshe Kibbal Tyre Messinai, so we have everything from Moshe Rabbeinu, including Tyre Shabbat but Tyre Shabbat really is, is overwhelmed by the light of Tyre Shabbat by Moshe Rabbeinu. Because when Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, when Moshe Rabbeinu said Zachar Siyam Shabbos Lekadshay, remember Shabbos to, to 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 sanctify it, contained in that sentence of Moshe Rabbeinu were all the details of Hilchas Kiddush. But when Moshe Rabbeinu is the overwhelming light of Moshe Rabbeinu, and he says Benevuah Zachar Siyam Shabbos Lekadshay, the Jewish people are over, we don't we, we it's very hard to see all the aspects of Tarish Bal Peh contained in that overwhelming light that's called Zachar Siyam Shabbos Lekadshay. It's like the sun. Like you can't, you know, the, 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 the light of the sun is so overwhelming that it's hard to see any individual pieces of the sun. It's just, it's just so big. So although Moshe Rabbeinu, so here's, here's the Nakuda. Moshe Rabbeinu brings to the world Tyra. And Moshe Rabbeinu therefore brings to the world both Tarsh Shav and Tarsh Baal Peh. But Tarsh Baal Peh, even though Moshe Rabbeinu gives it to us, it, it's, it's, it, it does, it's not pronounced in the time, in the lifetime of Moshe Rabbeinu, because in the life of Moshe Rabbeinu, the light of Tarsha B'chsav, of prophecy, was so overwhelmingly large that you don't see the nuance. You can't, you can't focus on the details of Tarsha B'chsav at that time. So the whole Yiddishkeit by Moshe Rabbeinu, although there was Tarsha B'chsav and Tarsha B'chsav, but the light of Tarsha B'chsav was so overwhelming that we couldn't see Tarsha B'chsav. Yeshua ben Nun... Rav Tzadik writes this in many places, where it, that Yeshua ben Nun represents the... The, the, the Indian of Tarsh Balpeh. Yeshua Nun means the first emergence on its own of all the details of Kiddush coming out of hiding of that Pasuk. And so the Malchus of Maisha, Maisha means Tarsh Bechsav. Yeshua Nun means Tarsh Balpeh. And so they seem to be disconnected. In other words, Maisha is Tarsh Bechsav and Yeshua is Tarsh Balpeh. But the Kiddush, but but what's happening over here in our story is that what is that we're, we're that that you with this Barad, Barad is showing to us that don't think of Yeshua Benun as something new. Don't think that all the details of Hilchas Kiddush is something new that was invented later on by the Chachamim and it's like man-made and has nothing to do with anything that was before with Moshe Rabbeinu. No, 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 no. Barad, what is Barad again? Like something said, Barad represents Tyra, but not just Tam Tyra, represents Tarsh Balpeh. The quality of fire and water, like Rabbi Kiva, right? Tarsh Baal Peh. Tarsh Baal Peh is, you, we, we think of as the domain of Yeshua Benon, not Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is Tarsh Shavichsav. But here's the Chiddush. The Chiddush is, Barad was really started by Moshe, and it was completed by Yeshua Benon. In other words, the Chiddush of Makas Barad is revealing to us that the Malchus of Yeshua Benon, the kingdom of Yeshua Benon, which is the kingdom of Tarsh Baal Peh, of man-made ideas, seemingly, of being inventive and creative and moving fighter and, 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 and that fire, it might seem very different than the Malchus of Maishar Benon. Tarsh Baal Peh might seem very different than Tarsh Baal But Barad reveals to us that that which is 
that which seems to be something new by Yeshua Benun, it's not new at all. This is something old. It started by Moshe Rabbeinu. It's just that by the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, you couldn't see all the details because you were overwhelmed by the light of prophecy. But, but once Moshe Rabbeinu goes to the background, and now you don't have anymore that overwhelming, brilliant, overwhelming light of Tarsh B'chsav, now you can realize that the, the details of Tarsh Peh were always there. You just couldn't notice them. You just couldn't see them. It's like, well, Marshall, if you have a student uh, sitting by, uh, by a shear, so, it, you know, it, it, when, when the Rebbe's speaking, so the student has to listen. The student has to just remain passive. But, but it could be, but after the shear is over, then the student, like, takes the idea and could come up with unbelievable insights of his own and maybe implement the idea and he could change the world with the idea. All that creativity of the student was there at the time of when he was listening to the shear. It's just that he couldn't bring all those stuff out because he first had to receive from his Rebbe. So it's like all the details of Tarsh Baal, all the creativity, all the conquests, and just everything that Yeshua Benun is, is Mamish was, was within Maish Rabbeinu. And it's all part of Maish Rabbeinu. And to a certain degree, Yeshua Benun is just a continuation of Maish Rabbeinu. Just a continuation. Because Maish Rabbeinu gives us both Tarsh Bechsav and Tarsh Baal Peh. It's just that we can't see the Tarsh Baal Peh aspect of him while the Tarsh Bechsav is shining bright. But once the Tarsh Bechsav aspect is able to go away, then Yeshua Benun reveals to us that, that his Indian, which is Tarsh Baal Peh, was always by Maishar Rabbeinu. And that's what Yeshua Benun is doing. He's just continuing on the Shlichus and the Malchus that Maishar Rabbeinu begins. And this is all being highlighted by Makas Barad. Barad again representing the power, the creativity, the fire of Tarsh Baal Peh. And that what we would think would be more associated just purely with Yeshua Benun, but no, 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 no. Yeshua Benun is just bringing down the stones of Barad that Maishar Rabbeinu brought down. He's just continuing what Moshe Rabbeinu started. Because really, all that creativity and all the Kayach of Tarsh Baal Peh was already contained within the Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu, which you couldn't see it because of the overwhelming light of Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is something that, as Hashem will, will, will see on Vaiter, we'll, next week we'll bring it down more on Avaitis Hashem Malach Lamaisa. But this is the beginning of what we're seeing, is that even though it might seem to us that Moshe ended, and Moshe is not an Eretz Yisrael, and Yeshua Benun goes to Eretz Yisrael, and it's like a different Yiddishkeit, different universe. One Zachar Siyam Meshav and one is like details in Shulchan Aruch. It's not like that at all. It begins with Moshe Rabbeinu, and it ends with Moshe Rabbeinu. It's all Moshe Rabbeinu, because even the Malchus of Yeshua Benun, Tarsh Baal Peh, which is the Barad that Yeshua Benun brings to the world, that Barad is really Moshe Rabbeinu's Barad. It's my Shabbat. You just didn't see it. You couldn't notice the details of Shulchan Aruch while you were overwhelmed with the light of the Pasuk. But the Maisa, it was always there. Maisha, therefore, to a certain degree, and in a, in a real pianistic sense, Maisha is the one that took us into Eretz Yisrael. Maisha took us into Eretz Yisrael. I didn't look like it. Yeshua Benun took us in. But Yeshua Benun was just, was, just, was just revealing openly what was, what was mysteriously contained in the Malchus of Maisha Rabbeinu. The Barad of Maisha was brought down to planet Earth by Yeshua Benun. This is why, just to maybe end off very, very quickly, it's very late, but uh, why is it that the Barad is called stones by Yeshua Benun? Maybe one suggestion, we will see more suggestions later on, but one suggestion could be is because a stone means, means like, like Lamaisa, being brought down to concretize, like concrete, something you could actually build with, something of this world. The Barad, which represents this quality of Tarsh Peh, by Moshe Rabbeinu, it's still ethereal, it's still not tangible, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not building worlds yet. It's, just, it's fire, it's water, it's concepts, it's ideas, it's emotions, it's overwhelming. Huh? 
nature. It's above nature, it's above. But this, this is what Yishubinun does, is that he takes that barad and he brings it down to halach lemaisa. That that tarsh balpeh, which was mysterious and hidden and sort of like hard to visualize and hard to see by Moshe Rabbeinu, it becomes mamish stones. It becomes mamish real that you could build worlds with. That mamish, you can now mamish know how to make kiddush with all the details. And that's not coming something new. That's just an extension of Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu. We should be zaychet to be able to see the Malchus of Moshe Rabbeinu manifest and fold. Why are you shooting and bringing?